Hello and welcome to the Seven Bytes podcast, created and hosted by Seven Psychology at Work. Positive change with purpose for people at work. We're based in Dublin and we have a global reach. In this podcast, you'll get to meet some of our expert team, hear about their specialisms and top tips, and also hear about our views on the current issues our clients are facing at work. I'm Ross, a business psychologist, and I love being part of the Seven family. I'm Emma, and I'm a part of the research team at Seven. I'm really passionate about conducting and analysing psychology-relevant and up-to-date research on behalf of our clients across our specialist areas. I'm Kevin. I've been lucky enough to have been with the Seven team since 2014. I've been blessed to work with gifted and supportive colleagues, and I've also got to experience working with an amazing and diverse range of our fantastic clients. Hello and welcome, Seven Bytes listeners. In this podcast, I interview Linda Kane the Secretary for William Center Ireland, also known as WSI. WSI is a charity that is very close to our hearts here at Seven. The charity's mission is to promote the general welfare of individuals with William Syndrome and to provide help and support to them and their families and enable them to reach their full potential through their strengths and interests. In our discussion, Linda describes what William Syndrome is and shares her daughter's personal journey with William Syndrome. We discussed the research that Seven conducted with WSI members last year, and we also talk about the amazing plans and aspirations that WSI have going forward. We have intentionally released the podcast in May because it's William Syndrome Awareness Month, and the 20th of May is William Syndrome Day. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I did. So welcome, Linda. Thank you so much for taking time for today's interview. And um, so would you like to tell me a little bit about yourself and your role with WSI? Sure. So as I said, my name's Linda Kane. I'm secretary. I took over the secretary role in 2020. I have a daughter who is almost six with Williams Syndrome. So that's where my interest, of course, comes into it. Yeah. Um, I think that Williams Syndrome Ireland was a fantastic resource for me when I was a new parent and I had nowhere else to turn. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, it's how I like to give back to um, other members of our community okay. by doing some, some work in the background. So yeah, I suppose it'd be great just to really get an, an understanding even for myself about Williams Syndrome and exactly kind of what it is. Um, and even like how, how do you like to be asked about, say, Williams Syndrome, you know, when someone is curious, but oftentimes people don't really know, you know um, what's the right way to ask. I suppose just ask really yeah, is, yeah. is the thing because William syndrome is a rare genetic condition. Mm. So nobody will know about it unless they have a child with William syndrome or a family member with William syndrome or extended family member. Just mm. even just saying hello and asking how's your child or anything like that yeah. is, a, is a good first start because sometimes parents do need that interaction. So, I mean, as I said, it is a rare genetic condition. It's happened at conception. It's when um, on the chromosome seven, some of it is just missing. That's literally all it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it can manifest in a lot of different ways. There's some medical issues that can arise quite early on in, a, in an infant's life. Mm-hmm. Like um, a lot of our children would have heart conditions, okay. which would have, would, it's called aortic stenosis. So it's when the arteries around the heart and pulmonary arteries are also uh, narrowed yeah and um, that's a kind of the main that's how a lot of our children actually get diagnosed is because that's their that's what's noticed first it's, it's noticed first yeah. yeah yeah um they might have other things like kidney issues blood pressure issues 
Obviously, then there are the developmental issues that come along with Williams syndrome. It's categorised by having mild to moderate uh, intellectual disability. Mm-hmm. Now, that is such a wide and varied thing within our community because some of our children are very, uh, you would say, very mild and some will have much more complex needs. So yeah. it's, it's such a spectrum of... Um, every individual is different. Every individual is yeah. hugely yeah. different um, in their needs and, and what they need from from Williams Syndrome Ireland and from their educational practitioners as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing that... A lot of our children will have, especially in infancy and young childhood, is um, heightened sensitivity to noise. So that's where you'll see our children might put their hands up to their ears or they'll need ear defenders. But to counterbalance that, we have found that most, if not all, of our children and adults have a huge affinity to music. Mm. Um, They just seem to connect with music in a way that is just so beautiful to watch, actually. Yeah. Some of some of our adults are composers. They write their own music um, and melodies. And um, even the younger children will, have, will just feel that beat mm. from a very young age. Yeah. Um, so that's a really positive and nice outcome, I think, from having a William Syndrome. Syndrome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And would that be even if, say, the family didn't have, you know, a musical background, yes. that even kids with William Syndrome will actually Absolutely. take that Absolutely. I mean, I am the least musical person <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, and my daughter, Izzy, that has William Syndrome, she just loves music, all music, any music. Yeah. She's recently discovered Queen. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's just, it's that rock beat that she just really, really, really resonates with her. Yeah. Um, We've had Abbott in the past, and um, she's kind of gone past the Frozen and Moan and all of the Disney songs. Yeah. So she's really interested. And as I said, it's it's across the board. I would say all of the children and adults have this this feeling. Affinity in them. to yeah. music, kind it's, of like, yeah. It's really interesting, yeah. And then, yeah, just really interested to hear from yourself and like your own story with, with Izzy. What 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 that was like, kind of figuring out what what William Syndrome was and and then like kind of what what that process was was like for you it was yeah it was a really tough um tough little while for us my oldest daughter at the time was just turned two Hmm. um and i noticed that izzy just wasn't gaining any weight she was losing weight so we would we would over for her two-month vaccination and and a four-month vaccination and in between those times i had gone over a few times to the gp saying there's something, there's something not right here. She's not happy, and she wasn't taking anything. She'd try have um, maybe a couple of meals with, on a bottle, and then she'd cry, and then want more food, and it was just a constant battle of crying, no sleep for anybody. It was just horrific. Yeah. Um. So we got an emergency appointment with a general pediatrician, who was, it was actually for something unrelated. It was for the birthmark on her back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I piggybacked in on it, saying, yeah. no, this is the more urgent thing. Yeah. And he, he heard a heart murmur. Yeah. And I was so green to the whole thing that uh, he said, I've got a, an appointment tomorrow with a cardiologist for you. Um, and I just thought, wow, isn't this health service so amazing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, tomorrow, that's brilliant. So I went in completely clueless. And um, a wonderful cardiologist, Dr. Orla Franklin, in Crumlin, she heard the heart murmur and she was saying it's either two syndromes, William syndrome or something else. Okay. Um, and in that moment, I didn't really 
care about the syndrome, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I just heard there's like a problem with her heart. Mm. And that day we had to go home, get a bag ready. And she was in Crumlin then. Um, so then they sent off the genetic testing. We got a, a yes, it's Williams syndrome. Mm. But again, I didn't really care because at one stage we thought she was going to die. And, that's and that was concern, that was my yeah. only concern was yeah. let's keep her alive. Whatever happens after that, we can deal with after that. Yeah. So for me, um, it was an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was only then when we got home from hospital, we were on our medication, everything had settled down, that I kind of said, okay, so what actually does this mean yeah. for her? I mean, I went down that horrible black hole of Google, you know, and I mean, it's, it's horrific. I mean, you can find so many horrible things about Williams syndrome mm. if you go and look for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when I went to Williams Syndrome Ireland, like even the website was just full of positivity. Yeah. I mean, it, it did have, obviously it had the facts. Yeah. Um, but there were so many positivities within that. And, um, and the Facebook page was positive. It was all people having fun. And like there was a life to be had. Yeah. I yeah. just needed to go and figure that out. Yeah. Um, so I suppose for me, that's kind of where my air journey started. Mm. Um, I actually went to my first AGM by myself without my husband or the kids in Limerick. Um, there was a symposium on because Dr. Fanula Tynan, who is a fantastic ambassador for Williams Syndrome, mm. had written a book. Her brother has Williams Syndrome and she's just been amazing throughout the years. So she had written a book and that was the first time I'd seen anybody in Williams Syndrome um, spoke to anybody who knew any Williams Syndrome yeah. um, and I suppose my first experience was one of the Williams Syndrome adults came to me that morning and said hi you're new here what's your name yeah. and it was, <laughs> it was as if I was automatically just accepted into this and community in, like, yeah, um, yeah. and it yeah. was it was a really like it was a really nice thing for me to do I think I needed to do that for me just me yeah. without having kind of the baggage of children or anything else with me yeah. I was able to focus in on what the message was that day. Yeah. Um, and I suppose from there, I just really got involved. I wanted to do all of the things. I wanted her to be in this community with all of her peers. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, what if some of the things then that Izzy has been involved with with WSI, like what, what does she get from it? She yeah. has a ball. So she has yeah. like the best friends. Um, there's a couple of friends who are of similar age. So she has... Her friend Oscar and her friend Fia, who she's met. So she's kind of growing up with them, which is lovely to see. Mm. Um, so anytime we're going to an event, she asks, are they going? And, you know, can she see them? Yeah. Um, so she gets a lot of interaction. And then even with the older members, they would take the younger members under their wing. So okay. they'd be chatting to them and, to, and you know, they'd have lovely conversations around what they've been doing in school and all mm, of that. Like mentors kind of almost like. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be honest, Izzy's got everything out of this. <laughs> um, we ha we went to the junior camp in Limerick last year. It was our first time going. And mm -hmm. Izzy ha was not potty trained going there. We had tried a number of times. And within two days of being in the camp, she was potty trained. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, for her, it's fantastic. But I mean, it doesn't stop just with her, which mm. is the great thing. Um, the camps that are down in Limerick at the minute, um, it's for juniors, so it's between four and sixteen-year-olds mm -hmm. with Williams syndrome, but it also caters for their siblings as well. Yeah. So my older daughter is getting huge benefits from 
attending that camp too because yeah. there's obviously a couple of children in her age group that she's been able to befriend yeah. um, and it's nice to be able to talk about what it's like, um, what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I mean there's a lot of challenges to having a sibling with Williams syndrome yeah um, like my older daughter is a quieter person so and sometimes Izzy can be quite loud and she takes over the whole room and that yeah. kind of can be hard sometimes for an older sibling <laughs> to take yeah. um, so it's nice to be able to have a space for her as well mm. within the Williams syndrome community yeah and um, yeah. so I think that's fantastic and yeah. well um, yeah I mean I think for as a an association for me personally it's been I think every one of the family have got gotten some benefit from it yeah and yeah. um, it's just great. Yeah. yeah, it's a great kind of community f- yeah. for the whole family. It sounds like everyone gets their own kind of. Everyone has something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even yeah. for the parents, there's a there's WhatsApp groups. So like, you can ask, has this ever happened to you before? <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. is this a Williams syndrome thing or is this an Izzy thing? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Um, even that alone can be priceless because you might go to like I've been to the GP about a couple of things and they're sometimes reluctant to um diagnose something they'd rather me go to a hospital setting and mm. um, whereas if I kind of say to some of the other members that have a similar need to Izzy what's what do you think about this then they'll go yeah no you're right go to hospital yeah. or maybe just ring your general pediatrician instead do you know so it's that reassurance of it, someone who's been someone similar. that's the yeah. same you yeah. know and yeah. um, so like as a as a parent it's it's great to have that community yeah and um, and it's away from the children as well, so you can have those moments of, what do we do now? <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Because yeah. um, I suppose, unless you've got a child with Williams syndrome, it's, it's so hard to get it, because mm. it's such a complex thing. They're so sociable. To the outside world, they just aim to please everyone. Recently, Izzy was in hospital um, just after Christmas, so she was really poorly, and we had to call an ambulance. But as mm. soon as the paramedics came, she was jumping up out of the seat, yeah. trying to make you know jokes with the two paramedics, and I was like, "Listen, she's actually really, really sick." <laughs> yeah, she um, just wants she to just be wants, social yeah. and make. And then as soon as they thing. left, yeah. as soon as they left, she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so tired." Yeah. You know, it takes everything out of her. Yeah, and yeah. so it's really nice, I think, <laughs> to have someone else that can recognise when the child needs a break. Do you yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what have been some of like, the, the highlights then of, of you know, having Izzy? What are some of the things that, that she brought to you? I thought, well, for me personally, I was, well, I would never have done a podcast for a start. Yeah. But um, I would have been definitely quieter. Mm. Uh, and yeah. that just doesn't work when you have a challenge with <laughs> Williams syndrome. Yeah. Um, she will, like in the supermarket, she's saying hi to everybody. What's your name? Who are you? So, I mean, there's so many things that she's pushed me outside of my comfort zone to do. And I suppose having a child that has an additional need like Izzy's, I do need to push that sometimes. So, yeah, then this thing that Williams Syndrome Ireland then and yeah. looking at some of the research that Seven did. So Seven did a survey um, last year. I think it was 49 carers and parents and guardians of people with Williams Syndrome um, completed it. And yeah, I suppose just re- really interested just to hear your perspective on the data that came out of that survey and what were some of anything that, that surprised you um, from the survey? I don't think anything in particular surprised me. Um, it was all to be expected. It was just out of lockdown. Hmm. So I suppose the major thing that everyone wanted was 
communication and interaction with each other. As we've already discussed, um, adults and children with Williams syndrome, they're hugely social. They, mm. the, the drive for social interaction is huge. So everyone just wanted more interaction with us. Um, yeah. We hadn't been able to do anything. It was all over Zoom. Um, I mean, everyone hates <laughs> Zoom now, yeah. you know. Um, so our main goal last year and again this year is just as much as possible is to get our members interacting. Yeah. Um, we, we had a huge weekend away in conjunction with our AGM in February mm. and we had the highest number of families attending ever. We had over 40 families. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it was huge. It was magnificent to see so many people, yeah. lots of new people. It was really, really great. Do you think that was quite related to COVID and people having that such a long time away? Or what do you think was the... I'd the say there's away? probably a lot of reasons. Yeah, but yeah that's a huge one. I think people realised that COVID made made it a very lonely place for a lot mm. of people. Um, so I think a lot of people kind of felt that um, they'd kind of maybe lost touch with some people in the association, kind of let it go because they were so busy with lots of other things mm. that have fallen kind of by the wayside. So now it was a really good fit for them to come back. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the main goal for us this year is we've got so many events coming up. We just want people to be able to chat to each other. Um, we've, we've got a WhatsApp group for our adults to chat to each other. Well, we have a picnic in the park coming in conjunction with William Syndrome Day. Okay. Um, yeah. So William Syndrome Awareness Day is the 20th of May. Yeah. Um, and our picnic in Clonfair Pet Farm is on the 28th of May. Okay. It kind of finishes off the month of William Syndrome. Yeah. Um, and that's so this month. That's this May. month. Yeah. 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 And then we're going to split off into um, age-targeted events for the next couple of months because we found that parents like that to mm. kind of have kind of a group where it's just their age group yeah um so we'll have the adults will have at least two events before christmas and the children will have and um, well the, the summer camp in july and then one other event um to be mm. organized as well so i mean that's a lot in itself yeah um, and then we're hoping last year we did um panto for Christmas with just the kids yeah. um, but the adults felt they missed out so <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a full association of um, adults and, adults kids, and kids this year Very good. Um, yeah so I mean that's that was our main thing um, we also found that people wanted to have more communication from us because I'm secretary that kind of falls on me to do that a lot yeah. so I've tried to be as open and um, easy to c- connect with as possible yeah. So Facebook is really active um, yeah. and I always try and email about different events to different groups as much as possible. So we've taken all those things on board from mm-hmm. the survey and we're trying to put them in as quickly as possible so that everybody sees some sort of change within the association. Yeah, so it sounds like kind of the big things that really came through the survey with me was, was that social interaction yeah. was so important that people were asking for it. And as I said, definitely on the back, back of COVID. Yeah. Um, I think was was a big factor there so it's great to hear all the things you have planned for this year that are coming up and then even bringing everyone together for the panto as well you know yeah. it sounds, sounds like a lovely way to approach it too in terms of kind of looking out to the future then is there anything else that you're hoping to do long term with WSI yeah I mean we've got huge things on our wish list yeah um, so I suppose our main thing is that we would like to we had a camp for adults before um, mm. and we know it's a big um, piece of what's missing from the social life of our adults. Yeah. Um, so we're hoping 
that next year we'll be able to secure a place in uh, Barrettstown. Okay. Um, yeah. We were just too late for it this year, but that's our kind of our main goal yeah. for 24 is to get our adults into Barrettstown for yeah. a weekend. Um, and I suppose that's a, a huge thing. But we also want to, I suppose the best way would, would be to say, we're, we're very aware of the challenges that are around access and therapies within mm. Ireland at the minute. Yeah. Um, personally, my child is almost six and she's never received therapy from the HSE. Mm. So I'm, I'm acutely aware of it. Yeah. But that it, not just for children, it's for adults too. So we've been actively looking at music therapy, play therapies, um, counsellors, psychologists, and we're hoping that we'll be able to offer a package to our parents and caregivers over the next year okay. um, to be able to offer them sessions with these practitioners um, that WSI will be able to subsidise in some way okay. so that our members are still able to access the supports yeah. um, privately if needed. Okay, so it yeah. sounds like you have kind of that two strands to your wish list. So yes. one is those adult camps which mm-hmm. you have done before um, and yeah. you're, you're open to do again. And then the other element um, is really those kind of care packages. So looking yes. at the different types of therapy, whether it's kind of play therapy or music therapy. So yeah, Linda, what do you think would be the impact of having those camps for adults and also having the access to the therapies for the families as well? Oh, it's huge, hugely positive. Um, yeah. I think, um, as we mentioned before, um, our children and adults have a heightened sense of anxiety in a lot of cases. Mm. Um, so for the music therapy and play therapies, um, I think that plays to a person's strength with Williams syndrome because they have such an affinity with music that they're able to express themselves through that music therapy and reduce their anxiety in that way. Yeah, yeah, and that's something where you're looking to, to secure corporate funding going forward. Yeah. Um, and we'll put details in the show notes of the podcast as well. Yeah. So people want to reach out to yourself or find out more about WSI and that you know our listeners can can do that absolutely uh, yeah. yeah yeah more than happy to talk to anybody, <laughs> anybody at all. and as you said yes. you're, you're very happy to kind of fight the corner for, for wsi as well like, yeah. yeah we personally don't have a lot of literature mm. but we're working with um the williams syndrome associations throughout europe to produce literature um yeah. for all age groups yeah. so but we have the parent support here so we have kind of first-hand knowledge of the condition yeah that sometimes your gp or your um general pediatrician will not have yeah so that's it definitely if, if there's anyone out there who has just kind of you know received the diagnosis mm-hmm. that what they can do is just reach out to, to wsi yeah. and, and that's well know, it's, it's all parents yeah the whole yeah. committee is is uh, built on parents yeah. So yeah we know what we're talking about yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you've been through it like, yeah. yeah yeah exactly so yeah, thank you so much, Linda, for taking time for the interview. And as I said, you know, I'll add in any additional details you have about yourself or WSI into the show notes. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I uh, hope you're all having a, a great day and we'll, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you.